Welcome to Tomotley Talks, Episode 5. It's a beautiful sunny day here in the low country in South Carolina. I'm sitting here with uh, Stuart Guthrie. I guess I can call him my sidekick. He's laughing. I just call him my pastor and my brother in Christ and my good friend. Today I want to talk to you about Tomotley. Since the name of this podcast in the making is Tomotley Talks, give you a little bit of the history of Tomotley and uh, maybe educate some folks on some of the misconceptions about this property and properties around this area in Beaufort County, the plantations of the Low Country. I bought Tomotley in April of 2020. At the time that I purchased Tomotley, I had a home in Atlanta. I had a modest lake house up at Lake Oconee in Greensboro, Georgia. Uh, I was living alone, had my puppy, and I was asked to come and visit a friend of mine who I had represented years ago who had purchased a former plantation called Sheldon, and she wanted me to come, and I think she wanted to show it off to me. I, I was intrigued to come see it, so I did. Came up for an overnight visit. During the course of that visit, my friend uh, took me by to show me what's called the Old Sheldon Church Road Ruins. That was a church that was burned by the British. It is said that it was burned in the Civil War, although the weight may be that it was looted and not burned by Sherman. And she took me down to Tomotley. I'll never forget it. I got out of the car as we stood at the narrow gates, and I looked down at the Oak Alley, which is 200 years old, and I felt in my spirit that while I did not farm or hunt or uh, certainly didn't know how to deal with land, I had no interest in purchasing a large tract of land, I just felt that, and I looked over at it and I said, God wants me to buy to Motley. And so I did. Didn't know what I was going to do with it. But uh, here I am now at Tomotley. Moved out of Georgia officially in February of 2021. And Tomotley is now my home. And it's been a blessing. It's a beautiful place. I hope people have an opportunity to come and see it. The Oak Alley at Tomotley has been described by two independent writers as the most beautiful, unique oak alley in the world. And if you've had a chance to see pictures of it, again, the oaks are 200 years old. I believe they were planted in 1820. And it's a special place. When I walk down that oak alley, I feel the presence of God all around me. Tomotley is older than the history of the United States. It was part of a land grant. When I I bought it, somebody said, well, you know, you're lucky you got a king's grant. I said, well, who was the king and what did he grant me? Shows you how naive I was about owning property in the low country. But as it turns out, Tomotley was part of a barony known as the Tomotley Barony. And it was established in 1685 or 86. I believe the Yemassee Indians were in this area. They inhabited the area around the city now that's known as Yemassee. It was uh, 
small city, just not far from Tomotley. So my address is Yemisee. So the Indians fought on this property. The British fought on this property. The Civil War was fought on this property. After I purchased the adjoining property, Cotton Hall, I found out I had three batteries, two on Cotton Hall and one on Tomotley, that were built by Robert E. Lee. I did some research, and I found that the name Tomotley comes from an Indian term that means a village made of log structures. Kind of caught my eye because my middle name is Lincoln, and he was born in a log cabin. So Tomotley was a former rice plantation. I found out the King's Grant meant that I owned the not just the high water mark, but I own to the low water mark, which means that you can regulate the water coming in and out so that you're able to build levees and your dikes and you're able to uh, plant rice. And, and the rice primarily is planted here for the wildlife. Tomotley was burned in the Civil War, but the story is that it wasn't Sherman that burned it, that it was looted by locals. And there seems to be evidence of that because the barn, actually two barns, and the overseer's house predate the Civil War. And if Sherman came here and burned this house, he would have burned everything in sight. The story that I've heard is that Sherman had come here to attend a wedding of the daughter of a friend of his. And so he did not burn to Motley. But as they say, there's conflicting stories and only God knows. But I know that we still have people that are here and they, they find uh, bullets from the Civil War. They'll find buttons. And so the, the history of Tomotley, as I said, is, is literally uh, predates the establishment of our country. Tomotley is a special place. Now, it was a plantation. The Low Country has any number of plantations. A plantation is a farm. Obviously, because of the history of the Civil War, plantations got a, a bad name because they had slaves. Now, what I've come to learn is, just like in anything else in life, there's good and there's bad in everything. There were good slave owners that had plantations, and there were bad slave owners that had plantations. I did some research on Tomotley, and I found when I got here two books. They're journals, originals, and they date back to the 1770s. I'm looking at one right now. It's 1877, and it's a list of the names of the individuals that worked here and how much they were paid. So they paid the people that worked at Tomotley. I had a wonderful experience when I was uh, approached by a relative of a man named Harry Maines. Harry Maines' grandfather was a slave at Tomotley. He was a cook. And I asked Harry to come over and visit. Harry is 95 years old. 
maybe 96 now. It's been about a year since he was here. And Harry Maines told me, he said, Mr. Wood, I remember everything since I was three years old. And he told me a lot of things about Tamatli, which entrance was the regular entrance, which entrance was the VIP entrance. And he talked to me about his grandfather and his experiences at Tamatli. He said, my granddaddy was a slave, but he was a cook. He said, Mr. Wood, he did everything. He drove the cars. He repaired the cars. He was telling me about the relationship between the then owners of Tamatli and his grandfather, a slave. He said they treated him like family. There's a village close by where the slaves had their own, I guess, village. A number of them and their descendants still live there. The point I'm trying to make is, from what Harry Reams told me firsthand, the families that owned Tamatli and the slaves treated each other with respect, and they were not abused. That doesn't make Tamatli the, the model. I'm sure there are places where that didn't happen, but I'm proud that I'm in a place where it did not happen, because slavery of any type, is wrong. It violates God's law. Discrimination of any type, including discrimination based on color, is wrong. It violates God's law. So Tamatli went from being a rice plantation to becoming a hunting plantation so that people would come here and hunt the wildlife I wasn't a hunter, so I still don't uh, hunt. I have some, I'm adverse to, to shooting something that's alive. So, uh, but, I, but I know that God gives us domain over, dominion over the animals, and we use them sometimes to make money, uh, sometimes for sport. But we always respect the species so that you have limitations on the number of birds or ducks and deer that you can shoot either for food or for recreation and so Tamatley has I've, I've been told some some of the most unique birds in the world migrate through Tamatley. I've gotten out when I had time and I haven't had enough time I want to have more time I gotten out on my I call it the Lynn King uh, the mule and I like to ride back out into the rice fields and the the birds are amazing I'm still trying to figure out the species. I don't know many of them's names. Uh, but this place has all kinds of wildlife in it. Turkey, deer, uh, ducks, uh, dove. It's just, a, it's just one of God's great creations. And so when I first bought it, I, I said, well, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> and I said, well, I want to use it to glorify God. I want it to be protected, and it was under a preservation easement, so it can't be developed, so that it remains, in effect, in its natural state, except for the existing structures. There are not that many of them. And people can come here, and you can look around and see some of God's greatest creations. I also wanted to have it where I could help other people. And when I purchased Cotton Hall, the adjoining property, I set up a, a, a bed and breakfast, a wedding venue. I still have plans for 
uh, hopefully one day having a, a camp for kids, a day camp, where they can learn what I didn't learn, and that is to fish and hunt and take care of animals. We've got horses at uh, Huspa, a third property that I bought, and people enjoy it. I try to make a living on it now because obviously with all the state bar complaints filed against me, I can't practice law as a practical matter. So I'm struggling to figure out how to make an income. God blessed me with financial rewards in a case called DaVita uh, back in 2015. And uh, in March of 2020, I didn't feel good about the stock market at the beginnings of the COVID uh, bioweapon. And I sold all my stocks, and I'm glad I did. I think it's a rigged market. That gave me the financial wherewithal to buy Tomotley. And I believe I took a blessing that God gave me to be able to purchase this property and the two other properties so that I could hopefully do my best to pass blessings along to other people. I'm not saying I'm special. I'm not. But I recognize that everything that I have is a blessing from God Almighty. And I try to glorify God in how I use it. And I try to glorify God in how other people are able to also enjoy it. While still trying to figure out a way to make a buck or two because i got to make a living. Now, I had old Harry Maines over for dinner after he came and met with me. It was really interesting. Because as we finished meeting, it was Harry and his brother and his I believe his aunt. Harry was in a wheelchair. Uh, Harry's the same age as my father would have been if my dad was still alive. And it was fascinating to talk to him and to listen to him articulate the history of Tomotley and stories about his life, his memory just as good as he said it was. He told me he remembered one day when he was asked to go to the bank and cash a check or make some type of a transaction. He came back, his young boy, he got back to, to Motley, and he realized the, the bank didn't give him the money. They gave him the change, but not the, the dollar bills. And he was in a panic, he told me, and he went back to the bank and said, you didn't give me the money, and they said, yeah, we did. And he told me, he said, Lord, Lord, Mr. Wood, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I went back over to my home. He said, I couldn't read. And I just happened to open up a book and it was the 23rd Psalm, and I could read it, Mr. Wood. I read it. And Harry told me he'd been reading the 23rd Psalm, excuse me, every day of his life since then. The reason I get a little bit choked up about that is that when I found my faith, I found it in the 23rd Psalm in part. And I read the 23rd Psalm every, every day, every night. In fact, I didn't know the story of Harry in the 23rd Psalm, but when he was here meeting with us, I, I said, let's have a prayer before everybody leaves. And I looked at him and I said, well, Harry, why don't you say the prayer? And Harry prayed the 23rd Psalm. That's when he told me the story about how he came to love and read the 23rd Psalm every day. I asked Harry to come back and have dinner. So a couple of weeks after that, Harry came with his brother and his aunt, and uh, he got all dressed up. He, was, he, he looked like he was ready to hit the town. And we sat in the dining room here, and Harry sat at the head of the table. And it just so happened I had a former Marine that was helping me at the time cooking. He was white. 
So Harry came back, a black man, sat at this table, and the cook was a white man. You see, we can take bad, and we can turn it into good. I learned a lot from Harry, um, and I still stay in touch with him. If we could just learn to treat each other as equals, do unto others as we would have them do unto us. I've always said what a wonderful world we'd live in, but unfortunately, it's the devil's world, and we're in a battle constantly between powers and principalities and forces of evil. We don't fight flesh and blood. The devil wants to attack us, and we have to learn how to fight back. That's found in Ephesians 6. Maybe that's something, uh, Stuart, you and I can talk about another day. But I would like, uh, if you don't mind, from a spiritual standpoint, in terms of what I've touched on about the history of Tomotley and the people that lived here, I'd like to get your thoughts but first, let me add one other thing. I'm going to interview Ronald Stanley uh, when I get the cameras up because you want to see Ronald Stanley. He is, a, he is a real deal, man of the land. And he's my property manager. Uh, and he can tell you more about what he does. I know we obviously still plant rice. I, I know we've got cows and uh, we've got cornfields so that those can be fit. They feed the birds. I know over at Husper we've got stables lots of kids are there with their horses it's a beautiful place uh and as i said at cotton hall i've opened up a bed and breakfast which i'm trying to get finished from some repairs from a fire and then obviously the wedding venue which is uh received some awards already without even being able to be fully functional i hope we get that up and running by april 1 because remember i i gotta make a buck or two like i said right Stuart? E- even pastors have to get paid don't they amen I don't know if I'll make as much money as I made practicing law. I don't care. Enough is enough. And while I've invested in dirt, I can't take that dirt up to the store and buy groceries, so I still have to generate an income. And I have been hampered by what's happened to me over the last couple of years. And I'm not complaining because I'm blessed. Every day when I look out at the windows and I see the, the beauty of Tomotley and these oak trees, my day starts off good. Stuart, talk to me a little bit about how we treat people and what you understand what I've talked about in terms yeah. of a plantation. I, I took the name off of uh, Tomotley and Cotton Hall and Huspa. Not to be politically correct, I just didn't want people throwing stones at beautiful land. So it's Tomotley, it's a former plantation. It's Cotton Hall, a former plantation. And it's Huspa, a former plantation. But I do want you to know, and I think, Stuart, you, you've been here longer than me, a few years, mm-hmm. not that many. The low country is one of God's most incredible works. I'm so happy that uh, my friend invited me over here and that I was led by her, who I b- believe she was led by God, to show it to me. I will say this. It was the most expensive overnight visit I've ever had anywhere. I told her, I said, I can't come back again because it cost too much last time. Stuart, talk to me about the people here and what you know and 
in how we treat each other and maybe the way we should treat each other. Yeah, no, that's a great question, and I appreciate the history. You know, uh, just from experience personally being here and being a part of what God's doing unto Motley, I've seen, um, you know, the reality is, is, is there's history. History is uh, involves the good, the bad, and the ugly, as you would say. Amen. And um, praise God we can take things that, men have twisted and used for evil and we can turn them for the glory of God. And uh, the reality is that slavery is sin. Uh, we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Um, I'm reminded from the book of Ephesians, I mean the book of Galatians, uh, we uh, in chapter 3 we come to verse 23 and it says, but before faith came we were kept in custody under the law. You know, I'm reminded as we talk about history, we all have a past. Yes, we do. And the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because we've sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God, we are, the Bible says, slaves to unrighteousness when we come into this world. But when we encounter Christ, or shall I say when Christ encounters us, <laughs> when just, He invades just as us. We, just as long as we have the encounter. That's right. You know, I think that um, when we are born again, we are, we, are, we are born into the family of God. And um, we certainly would disagree with slavery. We would disagree with any um, negative connotation against a person's race. Um, because here in this passage of Scripture, we are reminded that while we were kept under the custody of the law, uh, being confined for the faith that was destined to be revealed, therefore the law has become our guardian to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But it says here in verse 25, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. For you are all sons and daughter of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And then here's the text, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one body in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. So when you talk about the history of Tamatli, yes, slavery was wrong. Was slavery here? Yes, but it ain't here now. No, it's not. Uh, what we are experiencing is that we can take, even in our own lives, history that has been bad, and God can turn it to good because He causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And so... I think what we see in Scripture is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how the gospel is brought into every circumstance and situation that we face. And because of the gospel, we can become a child of God. And when we become a child of God, and even prior to becoming a child of God, God gives us intrinsic value because we were created in the very image of God. And so the reality is, is as Christians, as believers, we don't look 
at each other and see difference because of color. Do we see color? Of course we see color. There is black, there is white, there is Hispanic, there is Caucasian, there's all of these different races around the globe, Chinese, Japanese. But when we understand who we are in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free for we're all one body in Christ. We're the, America's referred to as the melting pot. Amen. We were, yes. we were in large part a country founded on immigrants. Yeah. And I, I, I was not talking to Stuart before we started, and I got to get him out of here because I know he's going down to Florida with his family. He needs a little time off. Although when you're dealing with all those kids, Stuart's got seven kids. That's a great number. It's God's perfect number. Amen. I'm not sure he ever gets a vacation. <laughs> you take seven kids with you, you're always going to be working. But I, but I was talking to him about this issue of slavery. You know, we have slaves today in the sense that we have employers and employees. And there's a level of servitude. The employee has to do what the employer asked be done. The question is not, are we somehow superior as an employer to our employees they're not inferior. I always told the people that worked in my law offices, you don't work for me. I want you to know you work with me. We have different tasks. The question is not what your title is, in my mind. The question is how do you treat each other? And if you treat each other with respect and you do unto them what you would have them do unto you, you're going to have a good relationship and the title is irrelevant. I used to tell the people in my office, I wouldn't ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. So as an older lawyer, I sometimes had almost all-nighters like in law school trying to get a brief written. I would go mail things. I would copy things. There was no task that I would ask the people that worked with me to do that if I needed to do it, I wouldn't do it myself. Again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just giving you at least my belief in how we should treat people, both in business and in our everyday lives, we're all equal in God's eyes. And someone that tells you that they're better than you are, watch out. So I wanted you to know a little bit more about Tomotley. I wanted to bring in Pastor uh, Stewart to add some great words from the Word of God, some reflections about how we treat each other. Because after all, I did name this Tomotley Talks. So... Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll try to get another one done. i got to have Stuart, my sidekick, uh, so it may be a few days before he gets back from his vacation. But we'll get it working. He's going to show me how to do this. Maybe I can figure it out. Uh, but then again, I really like having him around, so I don't want to tell him I can do it without him. <laughs> You're stuck, Stuart. I just appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. I hope that people will have an opportunity to come and see uh, Tomotley in the Oak Alley and Cotton Hall and Huspa, and to kind of see what we're trying to do here. And the people that work with me, they're all colors, and they get along great. I love and respect them. I pray that they love and respect me. That's the way we ought to treat each other. So thanks again for listening, and God bless each and every one of you. Good day. <music>